Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I'm here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hi. Hello. And Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. Hello. We're finally all back on together after, uh, I don't know, a long summer. Summer fun. <laughs> it felt like a lot of different moving parts this summer. Yeah. Um, today on the show, we actually thought we would sort of recap some of the things we talked about this summer, things we didn't get to this summer. And then we're going to have a bit of a fall preview to tell you about all of our upcoming shows, some of which we'd love for you to participate in. And then we will have our bites of the week. So let's jump in, ladies. Amy, I'm going to start with you because you um, sent your firstborn to college. I did. A couple of weeks ago, we brought Jake to college and moved him in and did not unpack because he wouldn't let us. Like I saw all of these awesome Facebook pictures of people leaving their kids at college with rooms that were totally unpacked and decorated and the bed made. And that was not our experience at all because I think, um, I think he just wanted to do it himself. I think he wanted to just settle in and, you know, just, I don't know, he's an independent kid. So I felt really bad leaving him with just a bunch of boxes, but that's how he wanted it. And then how do you know what else he needs? What if you didn't like pack everything? (laughs) Well, we weren't planning on spending the night anyway. So we had told him that we could Amazon him anything that he needed. Um, And he said he didn't need anything but it was so hot that the day the day that we dropped him off that I ended up amazoning him a fan anyway even though he said he didn't want it because I don't know it's like I was hot so I needed to get him a fan I don't know it made me feel better I can't believe that you actually just said okay I won't help you because seeing the things like I saw some pictures on Facebook and Instagram of like these it was like Pinterest worthy dorm rooms I can't believe it And I know when I dropped Matthew, God knows how many years ago, I was like, okay, at least let me make the bed. We got to make the bed. We got to do this. The fact that you were really okay with saying, yep, this is who you are. You like to be independent and I'm going to respect that. I am so in awe of you. I mean, my my husband and daughter did have to kind of pull me out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't totally just like, okay, you know, bye. Um, I kept trying to unpack things the one thing that I got him to unpack before we left was that like egg crate mattress topper because it said that it you know you need like six or eight hours for it to expand so I was like okay just at least take that out and lay it on your bed so that by the time you want to make your bed it's it's expanded and that was it so like the picture that I have of him when before we left like all boxes and that egg crate thing that's it um but yeah it was it was weird the the other weird thing is that I think texting has made this process so different than it was for me when I went to college because I don't think I talked to my parents for like a month. Oh, yeah, me either. Yeah. Like I just, I I guess eventually I probably called. I probably needed something. Um, But my son, like we still text each other memes and um, sometimes I'll be at my computer and I'll text him something and I'll forget that he's not downstairs on the couch. It's It's weird. So... He's gone, he's on his own, but he's, you know, there at a moment's notice if I want to tell him something. It's it's a weird dynamic. I, I, I haven't quite figured out what it feels like yet. 
That is interesting about the texting because it is still that immediate. He could be right downstairs on the couch or he could be away at college, but you're still able to reach him or he can reach you, which, you know, I think is a, is a source of comfort on both sides. Yeah. And I have to say, like, it, it's not like he's never been gone. He goes to sleepaway camp every summer. And it's a totally different feeling. Like when our kids go to sleepaway camp, it's like, ah, we're alone. This is awesome. Because number one, they're not out on their own. They're in that very controlled camp environment. And number two, they're coming back in like four or six weeks. This, it just, it feels so different because we know that we're not going to see him until, I think we're going to parents weekend in November. Um, So we won't see him until November. And like, he's not at camp. He's just free. So yeah, it's just, it's taking a little getting used to. Oh, it's so weird. (laughs) It is. It's so funny with the texting because this generation grew up, right? Texting their parents or like you see them on your, you know, find my friends or your whatever you use, you know, Life360, whatever the app you use to see your whole family on your phone. And I remember when I was in my 20s, I have cousins that are much, much younger than I am. And they texted with my aunt all the time with their flip phones, you know, with the first generation. And I thought that was the weirdest thing. I'm like, why do you want to be in constant contact with your mother? And why is she in constant contact with you? Like, it was so foreign to me that you would want to have that constant back and forth. And we all, honestly, we were like, that's not okay. Like, it's not healthy. It's not good. And now it is so the norm Mm -hmm. that you're going to hear from your kid every day. Yeah. Or they're going to hear from you. And and we're not talking about important things. It really right. is just like memes. It's like proof of life because he sent me something funny. Right. Aw. Isn't it weird that you don't like know his friends? And did he send you a picture when he set up his room? I hope. No. <laughs> at least tell I, you like I did it. I should ask for one. We we asked him. We my. It's funny because my husband, he calls his parents every Sunday night. They've just been doing it since, you know, probably since he went to college. And he wants to set up the same kind of thing with Jake. And I think that's super awkward. Like, I think he should call us when he wants to talk to us. Um, Right. It's not what that generation does anymore, right? You don't need the... We were just explaining that to my daughters. Like, it was Sunday night because it was cheap. (laughs) Right? The rates went down. That is probably how it started. Well, and people were home for Sunday dinner, you know? Or you would go to your parents for Sunday dinner. So if you couldn't be there, you would call them. Yeah, right. or like, but everybody else was gathered so you could talk to them. So we did that first call on Sunday and it was awkward, right? you know, like it's, I think Jake and I text a lot more than he texts with his dad. Well, so, right. you know, maybe, I don't know, I guess it was like the first contact for Omar, but um, yeah, we asked him if he had unpacked his room and he gave kind of a tentative yes. So yeah, we should have asked for a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Proof of unpacking. <laughs> exactly. But whatever. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I remember my girls, you know, obviously, so their camp, they would get on a bus and we, they drove seven hours to Maine and we didn't see them. We weren't, we never took them to camp. So I wouldn't see where they were living until visiting day, you know, three weeks in. And I could so tell that they just like frantically tried to make their drawers okay. <laughs> you know, even though they had like neatness checks or whatever, you could just tell that they had like thrown everything into their drawers and then were trying to like make it okay. Ugh. It was awful. But I, I can't imagine, I mean, I'm a year away from that and I, 
I could see how they would just want to get started, you know, like just want to start meeting people and like get, get everything underfoot and not want you there, like unpacking everything. And then of course they don't know where anything is if you do all the unpacking. So it's probably better they do it, but oh, that's a tough one. Yep. Yep. I'm excited for him though. Well, that's cool. And Rebecca, you took a nice trip with your family. We did. We went to Vancouver, um, where I hadn't been since I think I was like 13 or 14. Uh, My husband had never been. The girls had never been. We had an amazing trip. We got spectacular weather. And it was one of those trips where the things that everyone tells you to do were terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And my daughter, who plans all of our trips, like she's a crazy researcher, was like, I told you so. I told you we shouldn't do that. I didn't put it on our itinerary because I knew it sucked. You know, and I was like, oh, it's like literally every single person, including my friends who are travel bloggers, like, well, first you do the Capilano Bridge. And she's like, it's stupid. It's crowded. It's not even cool. It costs a ton of money. She's totally right. Like it was the worst thing we did by far. Um, it's the suspension bridge that everyone says you have to do. It costs like $50. You walk across it. It takes 30 seconds to walk across it and you what? walk back. Oh yeah. It's oh. ridiculous. Do not do it. <laughs> anyway. Um, but we had spectacular weather and we ate incredible food and we went hiking. We drove, we rented a car and drove out of Vancouver to Squamish, which is sort of the closest giant mountain. Um, we didn't make it all the way to Whistler and uh, we went hiking for a day. We just, it was incredible. I mean, I think it's so weird when you live in a city because um, there's nothing like New York. I think even when you're in like a a Paris or a London, which comes closest, um, there's a, a little bit of a different rhythm. There's not the same sort of crush of people at all hours. <laughs> um, and so it's funny when you're in a city like Vancouver, it felt so desolate to us. Hmm. Even at its most crowded, it's like a normal day, like up in my neighborhood rather than what it would feel like in Midtown um, Manhattan, you know, or Times Square or something where you have this throng. Um, but we loved, you know, it's I, it's so beautiful there. I mean, you know, it's very similar to like a Seattle and Oregon, like that whole Pacific Northwest stretch is so spectacularly beautiful. Um, the food's incredible. The seafood's incredible. And the dollar is just kicking the Canadian dollars, butt. so your money goes so far, which Mm. is the other thing when you're from New York that you're not, when you see those prices, you're like, what? (laughs) Like (laughs) you can't believe that. So it's all around a beautiful trip. Um, yeah, we had a great time. We got really lucky. The weather was like 80 and sunny every day. And then the day we left, it was 60 and raining. <laughs> so <laughs> Perfect. It was perfect. But I highly recommend letting your kids plan part of your trip. If they're like at all researchy or on their phones anyway, it makes a difference when they feel like they have some ownership over the itinerary um, and the restaurant choices and things like that. So that was really good. And my daughter was very proud of herself for all the good decisions she made and the bad <laughs> ones that we made. Um, yeah, I highly, highly recommend it. It's a great, it's a very easy family trip. So I highly recommend that. And I will say my other thing this summer is that my daughters are going to be seniors. And we all looked at each other this morning and we were like, oh, you think you need school supplies? <laughs> like, my daughter's like, oh, I think I do. I'm going to go on Amazon right now, order some folders and notebooks. I'm like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know, my, 
my daughter doesn't even get her schedule until the night before school starts. Well, my girls get it that morning, first day of school. Oh my God. It's so weird. So like she can't plan. I, uh, many years ago, I did possibly the best thing ever. I bought a giant pack of like a thousand pencils, a hundred folders, you know, however many reams of, of notebook paper, um, and a bunch of those black and white composition notebooks. Yeah. Like that stuff we just have. Like we never have to buy that. If you can buy that in bulk on Amazon or wherever. Oh, do it. Yeah, totally do, do the it. plastic folders. I know they're bad for the environment, but they don't fall apart mid-year. Yeah. But listening to you guys, I mean, just look at what Amazon has done to back to school shopping, right? I mean, I remember, you know, Matt didn't get his list until like the night before or the day before, and he would call me. And I'd have to stop at Staples on oh, my way home, driving home from the city, walk in, get everything, and then find that there were 30 people online ahead yep. of me at 7 o'clock at night. And it was crazy. So the mere fact that you can order this and have it delivered the next day or two days later, or even if Jake needs something, you can, you were using Amazoning as a verb, right? I you were going to Amazon thing. him yeah. something. It's what we and, do. like... Just look at what it's done. It takes the stress out of all of that. And I can remember the last time that I did back to school shopping at Staples. It was the year before I did that giant Amazon order because I was like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. Because that line, 30 people, it was like 130 people. Right, because there's one Staples near you. That's how we are. We have one Staples on Broadway. I wanted to kill people. All of Brooklyn was there. Yeah. It's awful, and it's partly also the school's fault for not sending out the list. I mean, I think in a lot of ways you just get used to it. After your first couple of years, you realize, like, your kids don't really need all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Certainly not the first few days. But, you know, but some kids are anxious and they want right. it, right? Mm-hmm. They want to organize. Yeah. They want to have it. So, you know, I get it. But I think schools could be a little bit better about it, too. Yeah, we had um, one year when my daughters were in elementary school, the school supply list was obviously a lot bigger. That was when you needed like paper towel and crayons and, you know, you needed like everything for the classroom. Um, And one of their teachers one year was so smart. She divided the class by last name, like alphabetized, like you guys bring this in next week, like the first week of school you guys bring this in in two months. Mm. Like you guys bring this in after Christmas break. Cause she knew she didn't need 36 rolls of paper towel the first day of school. Right. Where is she, <laughs> like where she that? Right. She would rather have like six, 12 rolls of paper towel and then another 12 rolls of paper towel. Like, so she spaced it out and then would send a reminder and it was so much better um, for everybody, you know, for parents. And, also, and like, if you had a parent who would swap with you, you could do that, you know, whatever. But it was, it was just so much more efficient. And she said she did it because she realized she would end up with too much of one thing and not enough of something else that they'd run out of mid-year. Like I remember mid-year, she needed like batteries for something, you know what I mean? It was all mm-hmm. of a sudden she had something that wasn't on her list and she didn't need crayons, you know, whatever it is. Um, it was so much better. Like, so I think teachers bear a little bit of the responsibility too. But yeah, school supplies are no joke, no joke. And I love school supply shopping, but it does take all the joy out of it. So Andrea, how about you? I know you went somewhere you never went. I did. I did indeed. I actually took a bunch of little mini long weekends this summer, which was really nice, except both times I went to the beach, it rained. Oh, it was overcast and cold. (laughs) But I did go to Lake Michigan for the first time. And that was fabulous. Um, I, I guess I just had a completely different vision of what it would be 
Um, and I met my girlfriend, my best friend from seventh grade. Oh, that's awesome. Who we go away or we'd been trying to go away every two years. We'd been to New Orleans. We'd been to Chicago. We'd been to Denver. We'd been all over. And she lives in Montana. And we thought, well, it's summertime. What could we do? Kind of meeting in the middle. So we chose Lake Michigan and flew into Grand Rapids. So we were on the Michigan side, stayed in a, um, I guess it was a VRBO. So it was a really nice house and on the Kalamazoo River. So we could see the river. There was, we were near, I think there are two existing chain ferries left in the United States. And we were like two minutes away from this chain ferry where they basically have college kids pulling a chain to pull the ferry across literally 20 feet, you know, to get you to the other side. Like if you, you know, you could walk across the other side if it was shallow enough. Um, But it was really fun. And I have to say the Michigan sand was just about the softest sand I had ever put my toes in. Lake sand is very different than ocean. So different, Mm. so different. And one day we went there, they had this really cool... um, staircase it was 320 stairs almost straight up and we did the steps and then if you go down the back end of it it's like on sand like if I was five I would have just tumbled down the whole thing (laughs) it just looked like I just wanted to tumble and roll but we walked down soft soft sand and a five minute walk brought you down to the beach so really it was it was very cool things things I'd never done artsy fartsy kind of shops and uh, it was a really nice getaway nice i think it's so important that like get away with your friends as an adult yes girl time you, yeah you just you get so wrapped up in so much stuff and you i almost think that's one of the better things about getting older and your kids being older although i think it's important when your kids are younger it's just much harder but sort of reconnecting with your girlfriends um and doing those things because I don't know, you have this whole next part of your life, right? And you want to like have it be rich and filled. And they say that people with strong social lives and, you know, who who make new friends and who keep in touch with old friends have much better lives as they grow older. Well, it's it's kind of, you know, as a longtime empty nester here, you know, your kids are gone. And really much of your social life, or at least here in the suburbs, was around your kids' friends and their parents. And when they're gone and when you're no longer meeting people through your kids, you need to have a base. You need to have friends. You need to have a social life. So for me in particular, it was great seeing this friend because she's basically known me my entire life, like since I was 12 or 13 years old. And to have someone with that perspective, you know, when you're kind of bearing your soul and she's like, yeah, but you were always like that. Or, oh, your sister always did that to you. It kind of gives you... Um, a perspective on your life that sometimes you're too close to see. So I highly recommend girlfriend time. Yeah, I love that. I have one, one of my very, very good friends who I also, I met in seventh grade and um, we actually met at a bat mitzvah. (laughs) It's really funny. Mutual friends bat mitzvah. Um, And then I had, then I transferred to her school in eighth grade, but it is the shorthand you have with a friend that old like that you don't have to explain your parents Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you don't have to explain where you grew up and you don't like it's just you don't even remember the things that you know about each other until they come up and you're like oh yeah I know that about you um it's so important I think only a sibling is like the next person who would know that stuff and it's still not the same 
they still have their own like grievances about whatever that is. Yeah, the siblings are a little too close. Yeah, totally. Well, cool. Well, that sounds like I think we covered everything we were doing while we were putting repeats on the air. Um, and so I want to jump into our fall preview and what we're doing on these upcoming shows, because we have a lot of great shows um, coming up, some of them based on listener suggestions and conversations we've been having with people off air. Um, so I want to start with number one, which is we're going to have a follow-up show with Dr. G to answer specific parenting dilemmas, parenting issues that you might be having. Um, Amy, what's the phone number? It is 925-PARENTS. Okay, so 925-PARENTS, you can leave a message. You don't have to leave your name. You can if you want. Um, you can leave us a question. We'll use it on the air, or we will read it out loud if you don't want your voice used either. You can also leave us a question on our facebook.com slash parentingbytes page. You can also private message us from that page. Again, if you want your question to be anonymous, not a problem. But we're excited to have her come back on in a few weeks uh, to answer these questions because we know how popular that show was about chores and how in awe everyone was. <laughs> it's all anyone's talking about. I was blown away by that. <laughs> blown away. I wanted a time um, machine. That oh was the one God. that made me want to do over mm -hmm. yes. raising kids. Totally. Oh my God. And and still, I still have another year with them. And I'm like, am I going to implement that stuff? <laughs> like, shouldn't I do that even now? Like, oh, yeah. should I still try? Harder, um, but never too late. I know. And then, so we have an upcoming show next week on, we have an expert, a local New York City um, college expert who's going to come on to really just dig down into the essay. There's lots of kids right now. They're in the thick of writing their common app essays. And boy, that's a tough one. So she's going to come on to talk about how they work with their clients, um, what kind of brainstorming things they do, how to help your kid, how to lay off your kid, um, how to give feedback that's actually constructive. So we're going to have her on. We have an upcoming show on what age, what device. Um, another question that comes up all the time is when is the right time to if ever, um, to get your kids certain devices, whether it be dumb phones, smartphones, tablets, laptops. It's like a, I mean, whatever. We're the technology generation, right? This is something that comes up all the time. Um, and then maybe how to find kind of the right one within that um, for your kid or for your family and for your budget. We have an upcoming show on telemedicine like I don't know how else to say it it's like meeting with it's not a virtual doctor it's a real doctor um, but over basically video conferencing um, particularly for mental health we're gonna have a discussion about kids and mental health if you have kids in particular going away to college who might want to access mental health services remotely um, particularly we know there's a crunch on college campuses right now with the availability of mental health care, just too many kids who want it and too few counselors. So this is an alternative. We're going to explore how that works and maybe it's something right for you or at least how to talk to your kids about mental health before they leave home. And what else do we have, ladies? That's like a lot of stuff in a row. <laughs> oh, I would love to have any questions for Facebook. If anybody has any yes. how to, how to do mm. something on Facebook, uh, I'm going to be heading out to Facebook headquarters and talking to them. So privacy questions, um, oversharing, how to keep controls, how to do certain things. I'd love to hear that. 
Okay. So that is our roster of the next <laughs> month or so. We hope you'll join us. Um, we love hearing from you guys, from our listeners. It's the only way we know you're out there. Um, and other than that, you can find us and ask us questions anytime at facebook.com slash parenting bites. Again, post to our wall or just message us. We're pretty responsive. Usually within one day, one of us will get back to you. Um, and we're happy to keep things anonymous. And with that, we will be right back with our Bites of the Week. We are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, what do you have? Okay, so mine is a huge project that the New York Times Magazine undertook this summer. And it's called the 1619 Project. And um, it was originally in the New York Times Magazine, but it's online. And I'll post a link to it. But if you just Google, you know, New York Times 1619 project, you'll get there. And it, basically, what they want to do is reframe what people know about the history of America as it relates to slavery. Um, because this is the 400th anniversary of the first slave ship coming to the country before it was a country. And it's just it's massive. It's um essays and photo essays and poems and articles and and so many different contributors there's a podcast that i haven't even listened to yet it's amazing you've listened to it there have been two episodes so far um and also if you subscribe to the new york times the daily podcast they've been putting it in that stream as well oh so you can subscribe separately to the 1619 project but also if you get the daily it's already coming in to your stream i don't know if they're going to continue to do it that way but it's kind of great um, they take one of the articles in the project and dive deep into that with that oh, podcast. Nice. So you get the author of the article um, and Nicole Hannah-Jones, who's the editor of the entire project, kind of discussing it, but with music and with audio and quotes, you know, it's just, it's so good. Um, it's not light. No. <laughs> you know, so, but boy, if you're looking for something to listen to in your car with your kids... Oh, especially with your kids. It could not be better. You realize how much history you have not learned. Um, and has, and not because you just like purposely didn't learn it. It has not been taught or it has been taught totally incorrectly. Which I think is worse than not being taught. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even I think it's the panic of 1837. This last podcast talked about it where I always learned about it as if it were a regular um, like run on the banks and economic depression, you know, that whole, the first like official giant panic of the economy. And it was actually completely based on the slave trade huh. um, because they were, it's really complicated, but whatever, you could mortgage your slaves, your slaves were property. And it basically was how we had the crash in 2008 with the mortgage backed securities. That's what happened with slaves. Well, that's... And it caused a run on the banks. <laughs> That's actually one of the things that I love the most about the project is how it connects it to things that are happening currently, like it connects it to the problems with, um, with schools and with healthcare and traffic with jams, in traffic jam. Yeah, the traffic jams in Atlanta one, you know, it, so it's, yeah, it's not just dusty old history. It's, it's showing you how the things that happened 400 years ago and, you know, and, and 300 years ago and 200 years ago are informing everyday life now. And it's, it's just, it's massive and it's so well done. And um, Ted Cruz hates it. So, you know, it has to be good. <laughs> they all hate it. And I don't think any of them have read it because it's yeah. just 
history. It's not like they're pretending things. It's just <laughs> presenting things in a in that way you said, like with this connected through line, but also just things that haven't been talked about in history because of who has decided what's worthy of talking about. Yeah. So it's incredible. It's, yeah, definitely everyone should be reading and watching and listening. All right, Andrea, what do you have? Well, um, you know, I'm a big fan of my smart home devices, particularly my Amazon Alexa devices. And, um, you know, every time I do a story or see a story, the first thing that you see is Alexa gets smarter every day. And the other day she got smarter in my house <laughs> and I was blown away. So I was setting my alarm, which I do at night. And I just say, Alexa, I've set the alarm for such and such time. And she says, okay, you know, and then good night. And when I did this the other night, she said to me, okay, by the way, do you know that your front door is not locked? And I almost fell out of bed. <laughs> I was like, what? Now, I do have a smart front door. I have a Kivo lock on my front door. And, um, and I know that I can check it if I want to and ask if my door is locked. But I never, it's like all of a sudden they started talking to each other. And her new smart skill is checking my smart home devices apparently, and making sure I'm safe. And so after um, she didn't understand the what the F word that I used, <laughs> she uh, she said, I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. Do you want me to lock the front door? And I said, yes, please. And two seconds later, she said, okay, your front door is locked. So, I mean, for me, it was one of those, wow, this is awesome moment. I'm sure some people think this is very freaky and very like, how does she know these things? But mm -hmm. as a tech geek, this was awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. It'll get weirder. <laughs> that <laughs> that so. one's at least very cool. I mean, this was cool. I, I mean, usually I lock my door and it's not that big a deal. But just the fact that she was checking things and I'm trying to figure out. So what else is she checking? Is she checking my lights or is it just security things? I don't know. Right. In fact, I may ask them, but uh, I was blown away by this. So mine is getting smarter and I'm thrilled as long as she doesn't get too smart. Yeah. It's definitely a little weird, Yeah, but it is cool. It's very, it's so much better than having to get up out of bed and check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or just forgetting, you know, right. like, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, my bite this week, since I was in Canada, um, is a podcast called Canada Land. And the website is canadalandshow.com. And it's an incredible podcast because everyone, especially in the United States, has this image of Canada as like, Canada's awesome. Like, Canada's, everyone's happy. Everyone has this healthcare and everyone gets along and everyone... Actually, <laughs> like anywhere, um, Canada has a whole host of issues. And one of them is Canada is really ground zero for the incel movement and the far right toxic masculinity movement. Um, and I don't know how many people are aware of that, but a lot of the big names in that movement are actually Canadian. So the Canada Land podcast has a really great podcast um, all about it called The Manosphere, which sort of delves into where this grew and why. And um, there were 10 people murdered in Toronto 
last year, I don't know if you remember, but it's kind of delved that it was after that, that they'd start talking about like where this movement come from, why, and what's going on. So I highly recommend the Canada Land podcast. Um, if no other reason, then it'll give you a more realistic portrayal of Canada, um, which is important because they are our neighbors to the north. And uh, we often talk about jokingly, you know, just taking off for Canada. Um, and there are many great things to emulate there, but it's it's good to see things, you know, with bright eyes and uh, realize that these problems are more universal and, and wider spread than we than we think. I have to say, I did not see that coming. <laughs> it's not all maple syrup and flannel, Amy. Uh, eh? <laughs> I know the whole trip, my husband went to camp in Canada. So he has a very, very strong affinity. And my grandparents were Canadian. Um, so I have a whole branch of my family that's in Canada. And um, it's just funny because every time something happens there, like someone's like, was like really nice. Like they don't want to say no to you, but they should, whatever. Corey's like, it's Canada. <laughs> so it's sort of this other side of Canada, this podcast. Well, I mean, it's much I, more down and dirty. I grew up in Buffalo. So to us, Canada was like, like Toronto was our New York City. Like you'd go right. to Toronto to shop and it was the big city with the tall buildings. And like we'd go over the border to get gas every week because it was cheaper. And that's where you got the good Chinese food. And um, I've always just kind of thought of Canada as like this super friendly, close place where I get flu shots when we run out. Like <laughs> I did not think of it as like a hotbed for incel anger. Yeah, it's that's throwing me. It's very interesting. Um, yeah, it's worth listening to. It's, I don't know. There's that's probably, oh, that is a whole episode that we were going to have upcoming that we didn't, I didn't mention, but like oh, yeah. this whole idea of why, why young white men are being radicalized online and how to uh, spot that in your own child or prevent it in your own child. It's, it's really important, but I, I think the, the, that podcast episode in particular, um, on Canada land is, is really interesting. So, yep. Nothing is what it seems, but they still have fabulous healthcare and they are incredibly nice. <laughs> so for, don't, don't, don't shy away from Canada. Um, and the candy is awesome. Um, and I got my ketchup potato chips, which are so gross, but oh. when I'm in Canada, I must have. Omar's favorite. <laughs> oh my God. I love them. So anyway, and I don't even like potato chips, but it's like, I had to have them. Um, that is our show for today. If you have questions or comments about any of the upcoming shows we listed or past shows, I know, Amy, you wanted me to mention also that we had a great, great show on how to buy a laptop for your kid yes. that aired over the summer. I know some people were away over the summer. If you, it is the beginning of the school year, this is going to come up. We had the editor-in-chief of, what is it called now? Tom's uh, Guide? Tom's, Tom's Guide. Yeah. So... He was great. He broke down by budget. He explained what a Chromebook versus Windows versus Mac is, what the specs are you should be looking for, what you don't need to look for. Um, it's a really great episode. We will maybe link back to it on the show page for this. And specific computer recommendations. Like if yeah. you just want to know, okay, for $600, I should get this. For you know $300, I should get this. For $1,000, I should get this. We have specific models. And, you know, something to keep in your back pocket as, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Black Friday, 
Don't even. Don't even. It's really not. It's really not. Um, But if your kid is starting the new year and complaining and saying they need a new laptop, um, it's it's 100% worth checking out. Or, as I recommend, hand yours down and get yourself a new one. Um, But anyway, that is our show for today. You can find us at facebook.com slash parentingbytes or on parentingbytes.com rate review subscribe share wherever you listen to parenting bites whether it be apple Podcasts, stitcher google play spotify your ratings help us and sharing of course helps us spread the word and we'd love to hear from you until next week happy parenting happy parenting bye Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.